a target spirit gets to push a town from, <laughs> from one of their lands. I removed a blight. Yeah, good job, man. We need that. Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here, we'll talk analytics and strategies about the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. Today, we continue our trip down shifting memory lane as we recount more of our favorite memories of Spirit Island. My name is Ron. I'm ready to get this thing going. Me too. And I'm John. Let's do it. So another awesome game I remember that we had was our three-player game. That was really fun. That was so just like spur of the moment, wasn't it? It was. It was. And yet it was one of the most unique games we ever had that I just absolutely loved. If I'm not mistaken, it was Finder, Keeper, and Fang. Did I play Finder again? (laughs) John, don't let them see who your favorite is. (laughs) We're giving content away. I remember it was like 5.30. It was. And I just texted him like, hey. We just want (laughs) to. What are you going on? Are you doing anything? No. Hey, do you want to come over and do some Spirit Island? Yeah, let's do it, man. It was also like a Saturday or Friday night where like usually people have plans. Right. It was like, hey, Total Shot in the Dark, are you doing anything? You're like, nope. Nope. And I typically have a busy schedule, too. It was one of those rare moments. One of the reasons why this game was so enjoyable was the fact that we are such busy people, and yet this did align. The stars did align here, and they so often don't. And maybe that's one of the reasons why it stuck out to us, because this one was one of those star-aligning moments. Yeah. That was rare, so already it was special, but then we had like one of the best games in our life. I played as Sharp Fangs, and that was Sharp Fangs. Probably the You gotta go into that move. You gotta go oh into that move. Oh my train. gosh. I had probably <laughs> the best car place. Go into a car place if you best remember. Setup I have ever had with Sharp Fangs. Easily the best I'd ever done. And you've seen me play as Fangs before. Yeah. Would you agree that this was probably It was the best I've seen other people play Fangs. That was the best I've seen Fangs played. Period. We're going to get into this topic later, which is every spirit is capable of an S-tier performance. This was one of those moments. I had found just the perfect cards. I was playing as Fangs, and I had found the Guardian Serpents card, which was so incredibly useful for him because it's very cheap, and it's also fast. And for him, that is definitely something you want because he has a lot of card plays, but he doesn't have a whole lot of energy. He doesn't really have a whole lot of energy gain. Yeah. Now, he can be benefited if someone else gives him energy, but Guardian Serpents is a one-costing fast card that says you may add a beast in one of Target Spirit's lands, and if Target Spirit has a sacred site in that land, defend four there. And defense is not something that Fangs has access to naturally. Mm-mm. And it's so cheap, and it gives him a animal element... It's just, this is so perfect for him. He can do so much with beasts. His damage equates to how many beasts you have. And the more beasts you have, the more often you can use these attacks. So getting Guardian Serpents, and I got it early, was huge. It was like one of your first card pulls. It was one of my first card pulls that I got. But then I got Swarming Wasps immediately afterwards. Is that the one that adds beast tokens? Which is, it's a zero-costing card that is also fast. Wow. And it also gives him a much-needed fire element 
and an animal element. Now he needs animal elements, but a lot of his cards give him animal elements, but only one gives him a fire element, and he needs that for his frenzied assault in a power because, yeah. because to get to its ultimate level two version of itself, you need two fire elements. But he only has one card, Prey on the Builders, that has, it. that has fire elements. I think it's Prey on the Builders anyway. That has a fire element naturally in his starting hand. So getting this card was so clutch for me. Yep, it was Prey on the Builders. Prey on the Builders is the one that gives okay. you that fire element from his starting hand. But this was a card that it says... It's cost zero, right? It's free. You add a beast, or if target land has a beast in it, you can push up to two explorers. So he We were playing France. And we were playing France. And we, you saved us so many times. Well, France uses so many explorers. So many explorers. So many explorers. And so That card was perfect. Fangs I forgot is about that. So great against picking off explorers. And this is a card that can only be used in a land that is not blighted. But that's okay because a lot of his cards that Fangs uses are like that. Okay, well, Teeth Gleam from Darkness also cannot be used in a Blighted Land, but neither is Joining Hunt, which is his innate. That's his bread and butter right there. Yeah. But my point being, that's a power that cannot be used in a Blighted Land. And this card, it's not so bad if this card is the same because he already has cards like that, so he's already used to that, since that's already a part of his rhythm. He's accustomed to that kind of gameplay. And so I had... Guardian Serpents, which gets me some much-needed defense for this guy. It lets me spit out Beast Tokens. I grab Swarming Wasps. Also Beast Tokens. Which gets me Beast Tokens, and it's free. And I'm going to get into this later, but I underestimated when I first started playing Spirit Island how valuable it is to have a character that gets Reclaim 1 card Mm. under Tech Trees, as well as having a card that costs zero energy. Because you can go and reclaim that one card every single turn and play that card for free every single time. The only thing it costs you is just one card play. Yeah. That is it. But as far as energy, it's free. As far as reclaiming, you got it with your tech tree thing, which lets you reclaim one. And this is one that I just... I was just you were spitting using it all the time. Out there were so the many beast tokens on the map. It was incredible. Then I got Teeming Rivers, which is a slow power... That says, if target land has no blight, you may add a beast. If a land has exactly one blight, you can remove it. Now, it only works on mountains or wetlands, but this is a beast token spawn card Mm. that also has blight removal. This is right up his alley. It has plant element and it has animal, which is what he uses. Now, he doesn't really use sacred sites. He's not a sacred site user, but with how much he moves... You can yeah. make that happen pretty easy. And you were able Point to. being, this was my third beast spawning card that I acquired. And since he has no blight removal, this was a card that can do it. Yes, it has some strings attached. But it's a blight removal card that also spits beasts. Then I had, near the end of the game, I got Tiger's Hunting. That's which, when you went crazy. Which was insane. Cherry which is, on top. It's a major power that costs two energy. It's fast, and it does give him a animal element. And it has to be within range one of a jungle, which for me, that's not hard. You were always in a jungle. That's not hard. You start there, for crying out loud. And it has to be a land that does not have blight in it. But like I said before, we had that already with a lot of his cards. That's already a game style he's used to. And this one is just two fear, add a beast, then gather up to a beast... One damage per beast in that land, then push two beasts. Then, if you have all the elements, 
You can do one damage in, in an adjacent, adjacent land that doesn't have blight and one damage per beast there. You basically get to repeat damage. You can pull a beast in, spawn a beast, do damage there, then move them to another one and repeat that process another time. Which is just his bread and butter. It only this costs is, two. Yeah, and it's fast. And it's a major. And by that point of the game, I had enough energy. This was just perfect. Tiger's Hunting reminds me of Joining Hunt, which is his his first innate power. So this basically means I could do my innate power twice. I had nine beasts in a single land. That was incredible. Which just board wiped a spot. I had, I think, five start there. I spawned two, which got it up to six and seven. And I brought another one yeah. in. And then I brought another one in with another card. So I had nine beasts. Each one, I have never seen damage. a beast army that big. You were... Ever. Guys, it was insane. I've never seen so many beasts in my you life. You became Thunderspeaker. It was crazy. And then I did Frenzied Assault right afterward, which is, oh, one beast is three damage and two fear. Yeah. And obviously three damage, that's enough to kill a city. So if you kill a city, that's plus two fears. So one beast, you can remove one beast to do three damage and get four fear. Which is just absolutely insane. We'll talk about this more when we get into like uh, spirit analysis, but mm -hmm. it's amazing that beasts can never get destroyed. They don't die unless you strictly allow it. So I understand that events. There's events. There's events. There's okay, events. I right. understand that. But like, thanks, guy in the comments. We get it. <laughs> Let's nip him in the bud. <laughs> but point being, when you see an ability that's oh, you do one damage per beast that's there. You know, it's like, okay. Couple you know, damage. Three, two, sure. four, maybe five. Oh, wow. Oh, that's getting oh, good. Oh. Nine. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, nine damage. I got rid of what it was like two cities, a town, and some change with explorers. And I've never gotten rid of multiple cities and towns with, in, fangs. with a single action with fangs. And then later in the slow phase, I did Frenzied Assault and got rid of another city and caused fear. It was one of the coolest things I had ever done. And yes, I know that it was heavily, heavily based on the cards that I got. But the cards that I got were just the exact ones that I needed. This is the game I want to have with Fangs every time. Yeah. Whenever I go into the deck, these are the specific, literal cards. Well, that's that why I'm it's nice that so you get to pick from four. Yeah. So uh, I do, you, you weren't always like given those beast cards. Right. Like, but you, there, you had the, other miners. Oh yeah. Minor powers. Yeah, but there are other games I've had. Yeah. I play Fangs a lot, and I've never found those cards, or I've gone an entire game finding one of them, or I found it, but I found it really late. But yeah. I found what I needed early, and I was able to just go ham real quick. That was actually a really good team. If we're talking team comps. It was me with that one turn. That was just one reason why this three-player game of ours was so great. Because Keeper, obviously, we know is a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy overpowered with energy gain and all that Keeper can do. He's the second strongest character in the game when fully upgraded. Yeah, but takes some time to get there. Yep. And then Fangs is so early game. That story was crazy how end game you got powerful oh, too. It was perfect. And then Finder is just like avoidance of everything. And, and just like the thing that was so crazy was even with that massive fang demonstration of awesomeness, I felt like when the game was over, I was the weak one on the team. Now, because I told you the story, because I didn't destroy because, much as Finder, right? But Laura as Keeper was so ace on smacking people; she was spitting wilds tokens. Everywhere, which was so good against friends. So I just took a bunch of time describing how I had an awesome turn. And I did have an awesome turn, and I'm not devaluing how awesome that was to do as Fangs. But she would do turns where I'm going to do 
10 damage here, 12 damage there, another 6 here, whatnot. That's how Keeper is. But how often do you see someone whack-a-moling with Towering Wrath, 12 damage, 10 damage, 8 damage, yeah. whatever. Just what? Oh, I can do 10 damage here, I can do 6 damage here, it was I can do 4 damage there. Oh, and by the way, this whole land is just carpeted in green tokens. It was one of the best times I'd ever seen Keeper being played. And I wish I could remember more specific details that I can tell you. Because we got into late game in right? the Invader deck. We were like, what, one or two cards away from yeah. losing? And you did phenomenal. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to do a lot of this stuff. Because there were some areas that I had to pull beasts in, like that big nine attack yeah. that I did, that would have been a problem for me if you didn't isolate one of my ones that I was leaving open. Because I was overextending in one area to do a lot of damage, but I was leaving myself open in another. And I was just like, hey, man, it's worth it to me. We got to get rid of these cities. We had and to. you were just like, hey, man, I got you. And you just moved that guy out of there because Finder can move Finder, cities. Finder's keep huge. away. Yeah, he plays keep oh, away. Oh, goodness. I don't think we could have done that without Finder. Seriously, you as Finder enabled Keeper and Fangs to go ham. Why? Because you were able to help consolidate the people into groups and once they were consolidated, that allowed Laura as Keeper to just, bam, yeah. smack this group of people. You were like that dustpan that just grabbed everyone into one spot, and then she just pow. destroyed them. It was fantastic. So I remember Finder, you... Finder was that glue, and it didn't appear super crazy dramatic. But I'm telling you guys, having Finder there to just be that glue that sticks the team together, that pulls people where they don't need to be from and pushes other people where they do need to be and just being your logistics expert. Yeah. Tactics win battles, but logistics wins wars. Ooh. And this is... And Finder is like your logistics guy. Do you remember just how crazy... Like, I don't want you to feel undervalued well, because... It, it's so funny. It was because of Finder. Yes, Keeper did like this and Fangs did this, which was awesome. But it was because of Finder that we were enabled to do so. Well, and it was funny because you had such lucky card draws. I did. And I remember I was trying to go for Briny Deep or something. <laughs> like Because with Finder, I found if you can do one big offensive attack then it makes it worth losing a presence and energy. If you can group everyone up together and do Brian Deep or destroy all invaders, it's worth losing some energy. Right. And losing a presence, obviously. Yeah. I could not. Remember, I kept like Brian Deep, Brian Deep, and I, I was going for so many majors. It. Could not. The whole game. It. I never found an offensive card. Yep. And we've all had those games, I think, where we could not find anything that was super useful. My first time playing a Shifting Memory... I had just nothing I needed. Nothing. I'm not I remember saying, that. I was like, guys, oh, what do we need? We need damage. We need damage. Memory? Uh, you hey, don't lose you I don't lose power to, cards. Uh, you want a free power card? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I, I, we need damage. I'm good. That, that was, was a tough game. That was tough. Oh jeez. And that's gonna happen with Spirit uh, Islands. As far as games where we didn't find anything we liked, that was your game. For but me. still, in your case, that was I wanna have a late game powerhouse punch that I wasn't able to find. But at least I can still do my normal things just fine. In my game, I was we desperately need help and I'm finding <laughs> I, nothing like <laughs> And I actually don't think we ended up needing that offensive powerhouse. Nah, I think you I think had Keeper, some huge turns, and then Keeper. Yeah, Keeper was able to throttle them back with Wilds tokens. Having and, Wilds and, those, and Isolation. Oh, geez. That was a great combo. Yeah. Seriously, guys, that was a fantastic combo. Especially against Also, France. it allowed you to use some Dahan stuff as well mm -hmm. as Finder. Now, I know that you were able to I get do to move defend. beings. You get to move beings, and I know that that term isn't one that they're using anymore, but oh. yeah, beings just simply refer to spirit presence, beast tokens, invader tokens, and Dahan. And Dahan. 
And so you were able to take the Dahan that we were not using on your board and use defend cards yep. to get some offense so that it wasn't you that was doing the damage. It I was, was the having Dahan the Dahan that was doing, doing everything. counterattack That's damage. That's true. Which is really useful. Because then I don't have to destroy anything. Seriously, guys. Keeper and Fangs are a great combo with any of the Dahan using spirits. Because everyone on the arcade style board has six Dahan per board. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't need him. Keeper was like, I don't need him. Hey, that's 12 more Dahan for you, buddy. So you had... I was picking up defense cards. So you had had 18 Dahan from game start that you could use. Mm -hmm. I'm like, here, take them. And you're finder. So you can be like, hey, I'm going to grab you and 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 teleport you literally across the map. It was such a fun game. Oh. That was such a great game. And I also, I will get into this too, but I like what the map looks like with three people. I agree. That's the only way that you can have the perfect round island. Island. The circular island. And yes, I know with the new boards coming in, we can probably get another circular board. And with four boards, you can make a square. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can you can divvy up the shape. I love the three-player circle. It just looks so circle. good. It looks so aesthetically pleasing. It's like just a classic And there's island. a nice rhythm, the three players. Nice ri- I love that rhythm. And we're going to get into that too as far as what is our preferred player count and I agree. The reasons why I like a three-player game were evident in this one. Yeah. And it was one of the best times I'd ever seen Finder. It was the game where I really started to see his value. Because, like, obviously you can understand someone's value when you're reading their cards and you're looking at their player board. Oh, this will be cool. Oh, yeah. this will be cool. I can't wait to do it. But there's a difference between reading on it online, on the internet, versus seeing it in-game right in front of your eyes. Oh, you can do that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. It was one of the games that I had seen Keeper done just fantastic. Yeah fantastic fashion and then to cap that off with i had just the best i don't think game i'll ever fangs. see a fangs game like i don't that think again. i'll ever see fangs like that again and it was against france and level three or four france which was difficult for us it was, it was our first time it was four level our four. first time playing france and we tried you know what we hate ourselves we're gonna do difficulty four start so, off with a bang <laughs> is that sadism masochism yeah which one is it? <laughs> yeah just, just, just like the pain yeah <laughs> We love it. <laughs> no, I don't. Help me, please. So it was very satisfying. It was one of the hardest games I've ever done. And yet, as you said before, we had such a great It was a long game, point. too. It was a long game. But the most difficult, stressful games that really make you like, oh, man, I don't know. They make you scared. They make you worried. We would spend like 10 minutes in growth phase being like, guys, we need to talk about this. Before we went to fast oh, phase. It was critical. Yeah. It was critical. Every single turn was critical. It's like, like 10 to 15 if I, minutes. If I, like I do this option, if I do this, that means I can do this and this and this. Not alpha means, gaming. We weren't doing that. No, no. This was discussion, y'all. <laughs> and so, okay, if you can do that, that means I can do this and this and this and this and this. Guys, and this we and just got to let that blight. And then that is option one. If I do this option, or I can do this, which means this, which leads to this, which means I can't do that, but I can do this. Oh, wait, she can't do that thing anymore. So, but that means she can do that other thing. It was one of the best cooperative experiences I've ever had. You could see the shoots and ladder domino effect of the directions of where we want to go. And we really needed to bring our A game. This was a big brain game, big brain moment. This was not a flippant game. We would have lost if we treated this more flippantly. Yeah. But we had to earn this one, but we did earn it. And that's why it was so memorable for me. I love that one. It was so great. Good times. Good times. I want to hear about the first time seeing serpents. So... 
Because I, you has, know, I have mixed feelings about John serpents. has mixed feelings about serpent. John can acknowledge the fact that this guy is literally the strongest spirit in the game. Can when be fully upgraded. Can be, but he needs time to wake up, and so John has never really had that happen. I think I struggle well, with you're, you're slow. Both, right, you're not spirits. really you're not really a big fan of late bloomers. No, and by that I mean characters who. They don't really do a whole lot early game or mid game, but when they get to their late game, it's the strongest thing you've ever seen, and just bam, they go and just destroy everything on the field. Yeah. And I know your preferred play style is one that you would much rather someone be marginally useful throughout the entire game as opposed to useless throughout everything and then incredibly useful at the end. I say the term useless very loosely. We don't, yeah, yeah. So. It was a friend of mine really likes Serpent. He's just intoxicated by that late game power that he has. This guy can get like 12 energy in a turn. That's insane. He can get, and we will get into his analysis later, but he can get like four elements from his tree, mm-hmm. which allows him to reach the elemental thresholds of so many major power cards. And then what he does to the team is insane. He can give people other presents, and he can give them major powers without having to forget them. It's so unique that Serpent turns from support into late offense. I think that's really well, cool. The thing that's cool is that he can be anything yeah. late game. There are characters that are strong, that have strength. There are characters that have flexibility in this game. Lightning most often, does not have flexibility. Most often, those are exclusive. Someone can be flexible, but not strong. Someone can be strong, but not flexible. Some people are like, eh. This guy can bring both. His only caveat is he has to survive the game up until that late game stuff where he can have strength and flexibility. And oh my goodness, this was the first time that we had ever done the realistic side of the board. Mm. And it was a four-player game, and I remember I was Shadow and Flame. Then one of my buddies who was playing a serpent, my brother was playing, I think he was playing Fangs or Wildfire. I think he was playing Fangs. Okay. And then the our other friend was playing as Rampant Green. And it had gotten to the point where we were in Escalation Stage 3. They were coming to two lands at a time. So that means they're exploring in two places. They're building in two places. It gets overwhelming quick. It gets overwhelming pretty quick. Now, we didn't have any adversaries, but we were still pretty new to the game. And so to us, this was really, really bad. And this was on the realistic side of the board where I think there is some encouragement to congregations Mm -hmm. in different pockets. It's not as widespread. Realistic so, side adds to the difficulty, by the way. It does. It does by like at least by one. Yeah. I'm sure. I think it's I think more. It Maybe two. Maybe two. And so it is within Rampant Green's play style that he can let someone else upgrade a bit faster. And so my friend, she was like, hey, who should I upgrade? Who wants a presence? And I said, you get Serpent upgraded as fast as you can. Oh, do you guys this, only focus on so, Serpent? So we were like, you For- do you. But as far as extra peeps, get him upgraded upgraded and this is where i saw the light and i've told you about this combo yeah. before serpent and rampant green mm. because serpent he takes a long time to get good but when he gets good it's great if only we had a spirit that sped up <laughs> if people's only growth. we had a spirit that let other people upgrade faster <laughs> enter rampant <laughs> yeah. green because who, who doesn't bing. who doesn't like upgrading faster so we targeted every time that she did gift of proliferation we had her target. one of the best cards oh gosh in the game Oh, gosh, and we're going to get into that later. (laughs) Oh, so good. Anyway, so I was playing Shadows and Flame. He's actually really decent late game with six energy gain and five card plays. He's not bad. 
But when they're coming against two places, exploring two places at a time, building, building two ravaging. at a time, whatever, that's when you need some serious help. There are people everywhere. And then just as we were at our wits end, while the invaders swarmed around us with towns and cities covering the landscape, suffocating our island, when our doom was all but assured and our destruction near, did the looming shadow of the serpent rise over the mountains with his eyes filled with a terrible fury. He was Ooh. just absolutely ridiculously insane. Oh, sure. But he was playing majors every single turn. Like, he was doing four majors, five majors, and these were big ones. And he was hitting their elemental thresholds wow. every single time. He was doing earthquakes. He was doing tsunamis. He was doing volcanic eruptions. Whoa. Then he would immediately heal it because he had a crazy clutch <laughs> blight-removing card. So he was causing, I'm not kidding guys, 15 damage in this one turn, 23 damage this turn. He did 16 damage. Oh, I only did 8 damage this turn, but I removed like 6 blight and I caused like 20 fear. I'm not kidding. I can't remember the numbers because this was years ago, but the bad guys were clumped up in such big amounts that he was able to just board wipe them. And he has this innate where he can do X damage in every single land in the game. You know, he can do damage in multiple this lands. This mythical innate that has never been and reached. And it just shook the very island itself. And thematically it was appropriate. And he was just writhing, whipping the Ooh. bad guys back and forth. And when you have bad guys everywhere, you know when the board looks more white than anything else? Yeah. Because it's losing its color because there's that many invaders It's turning very board. plasticky. It's very plastically, very white. And it's precisely at moments like this when you realize you just need... So much damage. You just want to nuke the field. You need an airstrike. That's the only thing that's going to save you. And that's exactly what he did. He just completely destroyed. I wish I could remember the numbers or I wish I wrote down the numbers that he was reaching. But it was like, and there's 15 fear. All right, here's 13 damage. And that's just with this one card. And that's, let's see, uh, that's seven fear. All right, here we do this and this card. And then I have this one. So this is 23 damage. And let's see. Oh, I, I like overkilled this spot like crazy. But still, like, they only had like nine health of bad guys, which is actually a lot. But... Nine health, 23 damage. Bam! Like, <laughs> so, well, there's three cities, so there's you know, six feet right yeah. there. And so I was kind of stupefied. It was just so great. And I have never seen where he consistently reached Serpent, I mean, consistently reached yeah. his maximum level innates, both of them, from turn to turn. I've never seen him. I have yet to see it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a thing to behold. It was like one of those. But is it worth it? Is it worth it? <laughs> there is nothing else that could have saved us. Because you have to us. get, you have to survive to that late but game. But it saved us, You have to survive though. until stage three. But the thing is, is sometimes the invaders are you're making are so... other spirits weaker by absorbing them. Which, but... they, you do get benefits. <laughs> I don't know. I go back and forth. So, we were just in awe. It's like Aang from The Last Airbender saving the village from the volcano. Uh... While everyone else just stood there helpless like... Uh, 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 Spoiler alert. Uh, 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 <laughs> that's like, a, that's like <laughs> the first season. But the emotion I'm trying to convey is we were stupefied yeah. by the power we saw. Like, um... So, to follow that up... Oh, a target spirit gets a push of town from, <laughs> from one of their lands. I removed a blight. Hey, good job, man. We need that. Oh, I'm going to push this explorer into a decent <laughs> land. I could together one explorer this turn. Uh, good oh, job, so shadows. <laughs> the reason why it was so memorable was this was the first time I saw Serpent truly reach his endgame. His late game potential. It was also the last. Hey, not everyone plays Serpent. I like playing him too, but... <laughs> Whatever. 
Whatever. It's just been a while. Great since story. Great experience. It was good. We'll get it into Serpent. Great. Don't worry. So, We're going to talk through every single spirit. Oh, yeah. Yep. So. That is something you can look forward to. That is what the majority of our phone calls have been about. And actually, y'all, we have pretty differing opinions. In a good we way. We do. We do. We have actually made tier lists on how good we think these spirits and are. they're pretty different. And they're pretty different. And that is honestly my most anticipated topic to get to and don't worry we'll be posting our tier lists on our facebook and on our instagram and whatnot we'll have all the links for our social medias down in the comments below and in the description so that you guys can look at it if you want to you don't have to but it's just easier in my opinion to describe a tier list when you can actually see it see yourself. It, yeah and hey we can even send you the link of the website that we found to make tier lists and i would love to see yours it's cool they have all the pictures of the spirits yours. on there totally yeah so when we get to that point, I would They don't love... have Finder on there yet, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you can start thinking about it. And guys, I had a lot of fun making these tier lists for various reasons. I think it's really cool to compare. But yeah, totally start thinking about that. What are your favorites? Who are your favorites and why? I'd love to hear that. I'd absolutely love to hear that. So another thing, just going down memory lane with Spirit Island is the very first time that we played with you guys. Yeah. And we were like, well, what do we want to play? Here I am. I've played this game for three years now, but I'm about to play it with people who have never played it at all. And so I thought, oh, let's do, for the first game, low complexity for them. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do a low complexity person with you. Mm -hmm. That way, I don't know, it kind of seemed appropriate. That way we're all on the same level. So the OG team that I call them, the low complexities, are... Lightning, Swift, Strike, Shadows, Flicker Like Flame, River Surges in Sunlight, and Vital Strength of the Earth. Vital. Those are the original four, the OG four. And then we had the first game, and we had so much fun. I was like, you know what? How about we just, for the next games, we only do a complexity team. We had a thematic list here, and I really like making thematic teams. So for this series that we did, we did a complexity series where we did all four lows all four moderates mm -hmm. and all four High. highs. So for the moderates, that would be Keeper of the fangs. Forbidden Wilds, Sharp Fangs Behind the Leaves, Thunder Speaker, and a Spread of Rampant Green. For the high complexity people, it was Heart of the Wildfire, Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares, Ocean's Hungry Grasps, and Serpent Sleeping Beneath the Island. And these teams, I'm not going to say they were made to work together, but oh my goodness, guys, it may seem gimmicky to play with everyone of the same complexity, it's a lot of fun. And do you remember those games? I sure do. Especially the high complexity one. I don't know. I feel like I was getting stronger as a player yeah. by each game we did. Ironically, we did the high one second. We did. Because you wanted just to get into it. Because that's just how I am. And that's why I don't like slow spirits, I think. <laughs> I just like want to dive in head first. Sure. I got to play Ocean. And that was a lot. The first It's game. very different. Because your first game was Shadow and Flame. And then you immediately went into Ocean. Which is, like, thematically incredible, the tide of your presence oh, going in it. and out. I think it's so great. But it was just like, okay, I have to pull this in. It's so much planning ahead. It really got me to think of how to play Spirit Island. Yeah. It's like, I can't do anything this turn because I'm not on the coast. Yeah. I'm in the ocean. You guys got to push them to me. Yep. But, like, two turns from now, I will have a lot of presence there and I can do it. Just, it was really cool to really see that side of Spirit Island as sure. how it should be played. And I really think they do combine really well together. Because with the low complexity, you have a lot of people that are very simple in their focuses. Mm. Like Earth, dedicated defender. Defense. Lightning, dedicated offense. River, dedicated controller. And then Shadows and Flame. Fear. Fear guy. 
Yes, they all have secondary and tertiary focuses that they can do. I'm not saying they can only do those things I mentioned, but they're very easy to cognitively accept their roles and stuff. Like, hey, I'm the defense guy. Hey, he's the fear guy. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like the meat and potatoes team. Yeah. And it worked really well. Seriously, you were able to designate which person would be the best to deal with each problem. What do we need in this land? We need to defend stuff, and we need to get these guys out of here. All right, so that will be a job for River and Earth. Earth, weren't you? Yep. Then we needed to quickly get rid of this town and city problem over here. Well, sounds like a job for Lightning. One of the best things I saw was Laura was playing as River, my brother was playing as Lightning, and John, you were playing as Shadow the Shadows. Shadows, love Shadows. They had this awesome turn where Laura pushed a bunch of explorers into a land, and Lightning has this card that lets him do one damage to each invader. Usually, and I think it's Raging Storm. Usually or no, 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 no. isn't was, that good. Um, so this card, it's called, yeah, it is called Raging Storm. So Raging Storm is a fantastic ability, but you should not use this card all the time because it costs three energy, and it says do one damage to each invader. Which Lightning's biggest drawback. And so this energy card, game. this card can be very good, but it costs a lot of energy to do just one damage. And lightning And so the economy that you're getting with energy spent versus damage dealt is very bad if you only use it on, like, two guys or less. Yeah. In my opinion, I never use this card unless there's, like, three or more bad guys in that land. So Lightning has this card that's pretty circumstantial if you want to have your action and energy economy to be very high. So these three were able to do this really great combo where River shoved all these explorers into one spot, all these explorers, and there was a town there, and Shadows downgraded that town into Explorers. explorers, so there was like eight explorers in that land. Then Lightning comes in with Raging Storm and does one damage to each of them, completely clearing yeah. that one tile. It was pretty cool. It kind of triggered was, to like show me what this game could be. Right. And of it, like that amount right. of like teamwork. And it's a pretty simple combo. It's not the craziest thing that makes you go, whoa. But for me, it was but pretty it revolutionary. Really, it was incredibly effective. Yeah. And for a newcomer... I was like, oh. Yeah. It perfectly mm-hmm. demonstrated the value of teamwork and how these people can really click together. And I was really glad to see that the low complexity people were able to do that. And I say that because I want to be reminded, and I want other players to be reminded, that there are some really powerful and unique combos that can only be done by the low complexity spirits. And that there are actual definitive reasons that you can point to as to why you should still play a low complexity spirit, even as a veteran of the game. Low-complexity characters very much have worth on high difficulties, and you don't need to rely exclusively on higher-complexity characters to get a win on those higher difficulties. Then, when we did our moderates, obviously, like I said, that's Thunderspeaker, that's Rampant Green, I was that's fangs. fangs, and that's Keeper. Well, Fangs and Keeper don't use Dahan, and Thunderspeaker is like, ha oh, please, don't mind if I do. <laughs> exactly. And then Green just literally helps everyone, and Green can go anywhere. So that team was fantastic because here you have Keeper, who can be so strong in the end game, and with Green ramping him up mm-hmm. and increasing yep. the rate at which he grows so he can get to that late game faster. faster. And then you have Green just stopping everything that you need to here and there and letting other people grow up. And Fangs was going and Early game. was just sniping people yep. throughout the entire game. 
just in areas that were starting to get clear, he was able to keep them clear. And I was turning my presence into beasts. I liked yeah. that. And Which was like, awesome. I was just and growing then of course, my army. And then, of course, Thunderspeaker was just being Thunderspeaker. You know, just utterly dominating. She's just one of the best, if one not of, the best. That attackers. one card she has can be one of the most powerful in the game. That one card she has. I know. Pray, I don't... do tell. Uh, what is it? What does it? What does it? it do? For every Dahan, you times it by your presence. Like you form this Dahan army, so each Dahan deals damage equal to the number of presence in your you land. Have... It's manifestation of power and glory. Not a cheap card. Basically, no. a major power. One fear: each Dahan deals damage equal to the number of your presence in target land. That card's fantastic because she has Especially a growth. Well, she, has a growth she has a growth option where she can just bam two presence right there. And so that's just at least every Dahan deals two damage right there. I've had games where you have four presence <laughs> and like six Dahan. And that's it's just like, dam- that's, that's just. Six, wait, four, we're dumb. I, I can't. I, okay, really quick, guys. Math is not my strong suit. I was more of an English and grammar guy, ironically. But yeah, if you have, if you have six Dahan and each damage. one of them does four, yeah, that's 24 damage, which is just crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's, so this game, that was a fun one. And it was a time when we can show, because you and your wife were still kind of new to this, Yeah, the efficient use of a second and eight power. Because the first game, you were using just one. You were using just one. Which, as a new player, it's kind of just enough. If there was two and yeah. eight, like, how many elements do I need to keep track of? But I can see why it can't be a new player. For a new player, yeah. totally, totally. Then that one game where we did all the high complexities, that was quite unique. Yeah. Because Wildfire setting everything ablaze... Here you have that one beautifully coveted combo that we found already. That peanut butter, jelly, or chocolate peanut butter, whichever one is more. Nightmares. Nightmare and ocean. ocean. Oh, goodness. We talked about this combo already a little bit, but it's so good, It's just cool how much energy gain you can get as ocean as you're swallowing up invaders. I was rich that game. Oh, jeez. It was so good. I had so much energy. It was insane. Oh, and then who did we have pulling down the four? But Serpent was using Elemental mm-hmm. Aegis to defend in multiple lands with one card. One card defending in multiple lands is huge. It was it's really kinda, important. For me, it was the perfect introduction to Spear right. Island. Yeah. That series of three. And I remember also, because I was Wildfire that game, just all the areas that Ocean couldn't get to. I was like, don't worry, fam. Burn. It's just Burn. happily bouncing across a landscape, scorching invaders aplenty. It was just so much fun. One of the funnest spirits to play. It's Wildfire. Yeah. Yep, I definitely, definitely agree. So, I want to hear about this game that you had with your brother, with with England, because you told me about it, like, referenced it, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to tell you later on the podcast. I'm like, ooh, I want to hear this one. So, we actually played it wrong. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But, like, Uh it was more of a difficult than we intended. Okay. Because after stage two, the build card's supposed to go away. We play with the extra build card. Okay. We never made it go away. Really? So it was actually oh, a no. higher difficulty. So there's like just going every time. They just never stop building. And oh, I think geez. it was a little bit much for my brother. So was it? It was one of those things where he like came over Friday night, slept yeah. over, and then we he liked he, wa- to, he wanted to play Nightmare. He wanted to play Nightmare. That was rough. Again, Ryan said this earlier, never let a first time player play Nightmare. Oh uh, he it, it can be done. He couldn't comprehend not to destroy anything. I'm like, well yeah. we just push it. It's like <laughs> why push it? <laughs> like the look he gave me, like, but that does nothing. I'm like, well, they don't blight there. Right. <laughs> so that was rough. And then we'll get into this, but I have the Steam version of the game. 
because mm. he slept over and stayed the next day. So sure. he started playing the Steam version while mm. we were just like running errands and doing chores and stuff. Sure. And just like milling about the house. He was getting to learn the game, which is really cool. We'll talk about the Steam version more, but I recommend it. And I think this is a good resource to have. Mm-hmm. I love board game components that oh, yeah. nothing will ever top that. Yeah. But it was just really good for him to learn in those three hours of the afternoon the next day. And he's like, okay, I'm ready to play again. I wasn't there, but just when you have a new person playing Nightmare, of all people, against an enemy who's building a lot, that's like, oh, geez, that sounds rough. (laughs) We weren't weren't against England then. Oh, it wasn't England? Yeah, yeah. The next night, the three-person game, he ended up playing Green. Oh, and that was your... That okay, was okay gotcha, gotcha. I'm so he just stayed He stayed over the nights. Sure. He knew he liked the game. Okay. But Nightmare was a big struggle to play. It <laughs> yeah, is. It I'd is. Say. And it's just one of those things where, like, dude, you added six fear. Yeah. Just like that from I'd, your nature. I'd be cards. willing to say that he's probably the most difficult character from the base game. Yeah. And he, for him to comprehend, like, he was He's so good. I'm just saying. Just... He wasn't seeing buildings leave the board. He was seeing fear in the pool be earned. Yeah. But that, for him, wasn't clicking as, like, you're winning us the game. Thing. Yeah. So then, he, when we played England, me and Laura sometimes get in these head spaces where we want a difficult game. Yeah. And we don't want to cater to a new person. Right. And we had never gone... Where when you start to have an easy difficulty, they start to feel cheap. Yeah. And we like pushing it, and especially me, because I'm used to a PvP mindset of, like, Mm -hmm. I need to destroy someone and, like, be the victor. Yep. And I need it to be difficult, because at PvP, usually you're fighting against someone equal miter type of thing. Mm. So we played against England. It was Sam's second game. Yeah, but he was green and he baptism loved it. by fire. Yeah, he learned quick, but he really took to it. Like that yeah. whole support mindset of helping us and then saving ravages and builds, especially with England. If you can prevent a ravage in, yeah. in England, that saves everything. Right, or a build. Frankly, anything. But anything. De- but definitely those. But it was just really cool to see him really take to the game. Yeah, and it was just funny that. We just messed up and left the build hey, card there. I think we've all been there to some extent. Yeah. When I think about it, I don't think I've had anyone respond poorly to this game. Mm. Anyone that I've introduced, like a friend that I've introduced this point. game to. Every person I've introduced this to really thought it was impressive. And they would say things like, whoa, this is really unique. Or I like this. We and did like, that thing where we made him read the synopsis. Yep. And he got really into it then. Really immersed into yeah. it. I have yet to find someone who says, eh, I don't care for it. Or, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of lame. Every person really responded favorably to it. Is that your experience as well? I have yet to hear someone say like, oh, that wasn't fun. Or mm-hmm. okay. But I actually, more often than not, I have people text me the next day. Yeah. Sparks that discussion. It does like, I want to play that again. And when can we do this next? And usually they want to play the same spirit again. It's true. I've noticed. I've I'm noticed like, well, that too. We have 11 others. And they're like, right? no, I want to play Wildfire again. I want to do that guy I played as. I really like that. Like, like, there's I something see, they resonate with. Or it, like, I see how I can play lightning better. Right. Or something. Right. You know, right. like I can prove on this and like, I don't have to make everything fast. You know, that's just an example. Right. But they want to get better because there's so much growth you can have in this game. And they see, I think it was as if they get a window to the depth that it has. Yeah. And there's kind of like, boy, that was fun, but I think I could have done that better. There's that call that you spoke about just yeah. then, which was like, like, that was so much fun, but 
how much fun could it be if I just did my job better? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's why I remember it so much is like, obviously I'm biased because it's my brother, but seeing mm. the game just click and seeing that's that, so much fun. that joy, because as you saw with probably me and Laura, it was like my experience of like, I need to play this again. Can I stay over tonight? I want to play this the next day. That's so odd. Is that how it came? Yeah. That's just like, I have nothing the next day. Can we play tomorrow? We're like, sure. Yeah. Just stay in the guest room type of thing. Totally. And then I told him about the Steam version. He's like, well, I want to play that so I get to know it. So seeing that, not addiction, I don't know, that no, sounds so like... When you were once bit by this bug that got you excited about a thing, a movie, a show, a book, or whatever, yeah. and it cultivated within you this desire to do it more, and you wanted to check it out, and you really enjoyed it, and then once you found out how much you loved it, you want to share that experience with someone else. And when you can see someone else start to get that experience yeah. for themselves... And it's never about, and this is like one of the biggest reasons why I hate alpha gaming that we talked about earlier, was when you force someone to do something, you limit their chance for them to discover it and love it on their own terms in their own time. And seeing that happen is so exciting to someone else because you know it's genuine. You know that it's not something like, obviously I want you to like the game, but I want you to like the game for you. Not because it's my game. Not because it's my game or it's something that I like and I want to do this game more often. And it's exciting to see emotions that you had for yourself in someone else yeah for themselves and how they react to it and how they want to do it again it's just cool to relive that and moment. we don't like the same spirits and he played things differently i don't know it was very cool right it's something like, i always remember like you know how like when someone who's already married hears someone else's engagement story like oh like they're always yeah. they're always smiling they're just listening intently because it's a fond memory it's a good thing that they themselves once had an experience with something very similar to that mm-hmm. and now they get to spectate and see someone else's experience with the same kind of thing but in a different way there's something about the human mind that just likes to witness that you know when you yourself liked it so much as well yeah and i wish seeing how much the friends i've introduced this to have acted reacted to this game i wish i could have over these past year really shown it to more people but due to quarantine i haven't been able to really lately show it to new people yeah so corona and COVID 19 and this whole quarantine has really censored and really, really cut down the amount of board games I can have. And I totally get it. It's just, you know, in the springtime, March, April, it was just stay in your house, don't go anywhere. Stay at home order. And we couldn't really do anything. And I am not happy with how much Corona has affected my board game (laughs) schedule. It's been rough. You can make me not go to work. Okay, I can deal with that. You can make me not go to the movie theater every now and then. Okay, I'd rather not. But board gaming? But board gaming! (laughs) You take away my pocket! <laughs> now I'm mad. No, 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 that's too far. Now I'm angry. But we found a workaround. Boy, did we. So Zoom was obviously the thing that everyone went to, which, by the way, I never heard of Zoom. Not even once. No. Zoom was a TV show way back when for kids <laughs> that I loved. Right. But it wasn't the next Skype. All of a sudden, Zoom shows up, and it's everywhere. Everything is Zoom. All my school stuff is on Zoom. Businesses. Businesses on Zoom. Reunions that you wanted to catch up with friends. Churches. I was going to hang out with friends this weekend, but we can't. But hey, we can go and meet up on Zoom. We use Zoom Zoom. for everything now. Everything. Zoom is like a a common place name now. And so we were like, hey, wait a minute. Because your wife is a teacher. Yeah. And as a result of that, she has that account where Zoom has this cool thing, which is if you have an education license, you can have unlimited minutes for Mm -hmm. your Zoom calls. Furthermore, your wife was sent a camera that looks down. Document camera. Document camera. that For her lesson plans and stuff. That looks at a table from about, like, what, four, three feet in the air? And it looks down at the table so that on the camera you can see a clear visual feed. For the assignments or whatever. Right, of what's on the table. And so she was like, we could. 
Because we were like, oh. I remember when she approached me, she's like, would you guys be up for doing a Zoom Spirit Island? Because we have the copy of the game. You have the copy of the game. What if we just set the board, we each had a board set up mm-hmm. on each of our tables. And then, sure, there's going to be some things we had to do here and there. And so we actually tried it and it really worked. We telegamed. We did. There's telephone and whatnot, which is talking from afar, but we telegamed. Nothing takes away in-person experience. No. But this was pretty cool. This was pretty cool. This is in the middle of Corona, so our expectations were completely changed. Yeah. But the thing that's so cool is it works surprisingly well. Like, hey, what power cards did you pull? Oh, I grabbed this one. All right. So I just went to my deck and shuffled it out, so I don't have it anymore. Then the boards are labeled A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. And they're also numbered. You know, lands one through eight. So we'd be like, hey, A2, this happens. And yeah, we would go on to say Alpha Bravo. Felt kind of like Battleship. But the thing was is, how many board games could you do this treatment to? Some would work better than others. Some would be worse than others. But this one worked really really well. So we did it at least twice. Did we do it at least three times? I think it was three. I think it was three times. And so it was pretty sweet. It was pretty awesome. I would not recommend this over a in-person one. But our love for Spirit Island and our frustration and stir-craziness of being in Corona pushed us to try this incredibly unique experience, which was playing it with someone who's not even there. Yeah. Not the computer game. Not that one. But the actual board game set up. In two different locations. It was awesome. In two completely different locations. Sure, it made the game last a lot longer. Sure. A lot of people getting up from the camera like, all right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) hold on. I got to take a bathroom break. Oh, whatever. But that's the thing you got to work with, you know. And so. We found a workaround. And it was so cool because we hadn't seen you guys in a while. Because it was only family. I think it was just like stay at home. Yeah. Stay at home. And me and Laura saw nobody. Yeah. And it was just like seeing your guys' faces, not Again, even being yeah. with you, it was just so, it brought so much joy and happiness right. and, and just playing spe- the and game. And Spirit Island is always an experience that makes me happy. Playing with my friends in general always makes me happy. Yeah. Playing with you guys, hanging out with you guys always make me happy. So here I am playing Spirit Island with you guys during a time when I can't see anyone. Mm-hmm. It was just exactly what I needed. It was. And so it was. It got us through. Like, it was really Some cool. tough weeks. So, and that's one thing that board games can be. And just to dissect that statement a little bit more, when you love something, and this is the effect that something you love can do for you. And for us, Spirit Island has been that way. So I hope you guys can understand. When we say we love Spirit Island. Why we're so passionate about this. Why we're so passionate about this. For things like these. For memories like these that we've been talking about. This is why we love this game. How we can talk about it. We have so many memories and so many past experiences that we've had. Some good, some bad, some crazy. Some how excited we are for future experiences. Oh, I know. And- for content that's coming. For content that's been out. Out for stuff that we're still experiencing today stuff that we're still finding great combos here great combos there and there's just going to be so much more that we're going to find with new characters new spirits new powers new boards new adversaries new events new fear cards i just played i just played oh. shadows the other day and i texted you like it was a whole nother spirit i'm like yeah. oh i played this spirit totally differently and i loved it it was just oh, like yeah. and i played shadows so many times yep it's just you so can always this, learn something this guys this is just the tip of the iceberg and i cannot wait for the future of this podcast to get into all of this because we've talked about this for hours now collectively and yet in my opinion we haven't even gotten into the good stuff (laughs) this is just the cream off the top you ain't seen nothing yet oh i cannot wait and i cannot wait to hear your feedback i cannot wait to just continue this series just all of it i'm just happy i'm excited 
I'm excited to get going. Yeah. I can't wait. Long this time coming. It's going to be great. So let's do it. Let's just keep on going. I can keep this train going for a while. Trucking so, along. Here we go. So one of the things we talked about is this highly contested topic amongst players in the community. And I see this all the time on forums, especially in BGG. Mm. And that is the preferred player count for Spirit Island. Now, where do the, you land? So... First off, I think it's important to announce to the listeners who might not know that currently the most voted upon answer is two. Two players. Two players is what the community at large considers to be the best. I didn't even know that. So I agree that two is fantastic, but the thing is, is I think it's kind of fantastic at every player. And I'm not saying that to be like one of those, oh, here, man, I want your opinion on this answer. What's your answer? I'm going to do like the high and mighty answer and say all, all the of above. Them, all the above. And I know that that can sound pretentious, but I really do think the game isn't stretched thin with just a lot of players, nor do I think it's way too saturated for just one guy where he's being overwhelmed by stuff. I, I don't really think that's think... the question. No, I know, but the question is what's your of... favorite? What's my favorite? You, you like all of them. So I do like all of them. I don't really think I have a preference. Uh-huh. I am dead honest here. Seriously, because there's been times when I've played this game solo and I do not play solo games. This is the only game I have ever done solo. And Solitaire I'm... on the computer? Well, that's not a that's not a board game. That's just computer game. What was it? Uh, we got Minesweeper, Pinball... And solitaire. It's almost like video games have become the solo yeah. experience now. Yep, but as far as the internet is down, what's the Father, Son, Holy Ghost? It's pinball, minesweeper, <laughs> solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> I do like pinball. So anyway, but as far as board games, I play board games for the interactions with other people. And when I play a game solo, I don't have interactions with other people. So if one of my biggest crutches for playing a board game is the interaction with other people, it makes sense to me that it seems so, so much like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Not that it really is a waste, but it's just, if I'm doing this for the purposes of social interaction as well as strategy, I'm only getting 50% of what I bargained for. That said, this game is so immersive and enrapturing to me personally that I just love doing it. So I've only done a few games. I haven't done a whole lot solo. But the statement that I said earlier is still true when I said that this is the only game that I play solo. Mm. There are a bunch of rule changes that happen when you play solo. Not very many, but just a few. For instance, whenever there's a card that targets another spirit, it now targets you instead. And then just the whole aspect of you're on your own. And you have the smallest board ever. But on the other hand... Reaching the next fear card is so easy. Four, but also, but also blighting is so so easy. The numbers, the ratios, it's all so different. It can be totally a culture shock. And Mm -hmm. I think the biggest change that people will be like, "Whoa, what?" is just the whole pros and cons aspect. And that is, every spirit is weak in some way. Every spirit is strong in some way. And in a solo game, you do not have someone else that can cover your blind spot. Someone else who can cover your weakness. You are on your own. That is why a lot of people don't really like the whole solo thing because of that angle as well as the whole you're missing out on such a wonderfully cooperative experience. I think the reason why 2 is the preferred player count for everyone is because it's the player count where there's not a ton of fear that you need to get the new card. Yep. It's just enough blight that it's not overwhelming, but it's not really easy as well. 
and you have one buddy who's there, you're just feeding with this guy. The board is pretty manageable. It's not like there's people coming from every angle, from the left, from the right, from behind you, because, hey man, what the heck? Keep your part of the island in control, man. Now your people are cascading onto my board. What the heck, man? You're not going to really have that with two, you know? It's also easier just to get one other player than multiple people to come right. over and, and yeah, play that's, the game. Yeah, that's another big part about it, the actual human element yep. of board gaming, which is playing with other people. It's so much easier to have one friend do this. Who knows or, the game already. Or if you want to do it solo but play with two spirits, mm. you can do that as well. But you're correct. I didn't even think about that. It's easier but, just to get one other buddy like you right. said. We briefly talked about three-player games, and I really love three-player games. And the biggest reason why I love three-player games is because three-player teams are one of my favorite because it's just big enough that you can feel when you do a useful thing, you are useful to the team instead of just the two of you. And I love the way that the board can be built in a circle. Looks like an island. I know it might sound really cliche, but it is a circular island for some reason it is aesthetically pleasing to me and my ocd to see an actual circle on the board and i know that i have a friend to my left and i have a friend to my right they can access me as well as the other guy as easily as they can me and the other guy and me to them and so it hits that sweet spot yeah i think i really do think yeah as far as fear tokens 12 that's not really bad i don't think that's really bad at all for the purpose of getting a new fear card, because there are some cards in the game, like Overgrown at Midnight, which can get you three fear. Mm-hmm. Just bam. And then for a three-player game, that's 25% of your fear cards right there. And your Blight Allowance only being six. I mean, that's not too bad. Two per player, three players, that's six. I don't think it's really all that bad. But... Real quick, it's mm-hmm. only a circle if you play on the arcade side of the map. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's another excuse to play the arcade side. If it's a three-player on the realistic side, it just looks like a chunk of the island's missing. Just an L. Yeah, yeah it just looks yeah. kind of weird. Are we playing Spirit Island or Tetris? Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. But... With four players, that's when you get to the 16 fear count, but you do get, what, eight blight allowance yeah. for if you do a blight card. I like four players because, you know, it's a little bit different from three in the fact that I just described having the sizes just big enough mm-hmm. that you can feel like you're on a team, but just small enough that you can feel like a critical member of that team. The more people you have, the less critical you might feel as opposed to the whole team but the grander the experience. You are still adjacent to two people and obliquely adjacent to one guy on the diagonal corner mm-hmm. if you do the square. Which, by the way, I really do like the square as well because you have a coast on each side. And we actually started to get frisky with our island construction with the boards. We had, like, the square, and then this one we're just going to... We did. Completely rotate it. And it was actually kind of fun. So maybe that's something that we should explore a little bit more of. Yeah. Is just more How custom we put it together. island designs. Yeah. yeah. I think that could be fun. And I'm sure once we get the new boards, this is going to well, be Well, you've like already done five player. I have done five. And we did talk about we talked that. talked about but that. But that was on the realistic playing side, on the neoprene mat. Okay. And what's really interesting with a five player game is that you are playing on a mat. It's not like I can add a board to it. And it's not like I can take away mm. something from it either. So the mat is simply a six player map. But if you only have five, you just simply choose one from the game start, and that section of the map is inactive. Okay. Nothing happens there. So it was kind of strange that when we set up the game, like, all right, where do we want to go? All right, guys, we set up all our people. I'm going to spawn over here. You're going to spawn over there. And where do we want to be inactive? Huh? Because now we are seeing something every single turn 
a spot we could have gone, a spot we could have been interacting with or whatever. It wasn't too bad. This is getting nitpicky. Nitpicky, yeah. But it wasn't so bad. But it was interesting. But I can't wait to do five-player and six-player games on the arcade style. Now, I know that you could just get multiple copies of the game, or I can go to your house and get your copy of the game. And since all the boards are in the exact same shape, we can just click them together and get five and six. It's just at that point... I want to see E and F. I know. I want to see boards E and F. And if we did what I just mentioned, we would have a copy of A or two Bs or two Cs or whatever. And so, you know, it's fine. I can live with that for now. But I am really excited mm-hmm. to see the new boards. And I have looked at them already. It's just more additional content. I think six-player will be very exciting and I like a saga. Wait. You know? What's it going to be like to be the guys in the middle? Yeah. Not, not a border guy. And what then, if people are, like, pushing invaders towards you? And, like, right. are you just getting more right. to no, deal I, with? Did you see, by any chance, the new designs for the various boards that they were yes. thinking of? Was it, like, a double jungle one? I don't, like, a side-by-side jungle. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I was looking at all the different shapes. I was like, this is really cool. One looked like a star. One looked like a crab. One oh, like... oh, I'm dumb. I know oh, you're talking, about, talking about something else. I thought you were talking about like the lands within the board, like E and F. I'm like, yeah, there was like one of them had two gotcha, jungles gotcha. next to each okay, other. Okay, that, your earlier yes, comment. I do remember the crab. Okay. But yeah, there was one... Man, I wish I could remember what it was called, but it was a big triangle with a hole in the middle. Yeah. Oh, that's like really interesting. That's really cool. And of course, the archipelago... That one's going to be sick, Mm -hmm. or or at least I think it's going to be sick, because that's not connected. All the different boards don't have to be connected. So you can have one island over here, and then one over there. That one's connected to another one, so two players are on this one, and then maybe one guy's over here and one guy's over there. Yeah. So a four-player game could, in theory, be one pair of people on an island, along with two solo players. Yeah. I remember when I saw that, I was like, how in the world are you going to get to someone else's board? And they just said, oh, well, every other board is just simply adjacent range two from the coast. Oh, okay. So if you have a range two thing or a way to get one of your own growth options to put a presence at range two or more of a one of your own places, then you can go on over there. So Finder is becoming more and more. <laughs> Finder is OP. We know. Oh, can you imagine Finder dressed up in like one of those Pan Am captains thing? Like, this way, too. <laughs> and here's your portal. <laughs> Finder is just desperately wanting someone to come to his land to kill everyone. So like, hey, well, Finder, you want to come on over here, buddy? <laughs> He's like sweating underneath his little fluffy brow because he has so many people there. Because he can't kill anyone. Anyway. He um, can kill people. <laughs> We've talked about this. Hold me back. Hold me <laughs> it back. It only costs a presence and an energy. I've activated John's rage mode. <laughs> Protect me, viewers. <laughs> rage. <laughs> He's turning red. He's palpitating. John, calm down. Calm down. You palpitating. Oh, my fat. It's like you hear the things on the table start to, like, shift around. <laughs> Knives come out. John, John, no. He's beating me. Help, help. I'm being repressed. <laughs> we all remember Ryan. <laughs> He was a good uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about doing double duty spirits. Oh, I've actually done this once. And I think you have done this. So and Laura has done this. Your wife has done this we, a lot. Yeah, Laura has a little bit of, not like ADD, but just like she likes to have a lot going on to sure. like hold her attention. Her sensory intake is calibrated where she just needs a lot. Right. Yep. So she loves pulling double duty and yep. playing multiple spirits. And for me, it kind of takes away from the game, I think, where I am just like, okay, I'm playing Lightning and River as my Mm -hmm. two people, and she's playing two other spirits. Mm -hmm. But I'm just really focusing on Lightning and River synergy, and I almost forget, not forget, but it's like, I don't interact with her as much. No, it's true. And one of the things for me, as far as my comments on doing double dipping, what'd you say? Double duty? Double duty, double double dipping, whatever. 
One of my biggest issues is that I'm always thinking of the next turn ahead and the turn after that, two turns ahead, and maybe even the third one after that. Sure. And when I'm doing double duty, I can only ever, ever think of one or two turns at max because there's a lot on your plate to think about already, where they are going to go. It's a complex game. Where you are going to go, what cards you need to reclaim because next turn I'm not going to have this card anymore because I'm going to use it. It's going to go to my discard pile and my character does not have a reclaim one on any of my presence tracks. Mm -hmm. So I need to factor this in. I need to factor energy gain. If you have events, you're screwed because that is... So while this is going on, she's like, what are you doing here? And you're like, huh? Oh, I forgot. (laughs) Right. And I'm not going to say it locks you down because if you're the kind of person that can multitask this way flawlessly, all the power to you, go for it. I myself, I can't multitask efficiently to that extreme yeah, degree. I struggle. I can play two spirits as efficiently and still have the same amount of player interaction as I would have if I was still just playing one. Mm-hmm. But I will say it was my very first game I ever did. I even said it here, the game where I did Earth and Lightning, my very first game, I did Double Duty. It was just me, by myself, playing two spirits, so it was a two-player game, but only one human was playing it. I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, but that's as far as I would go. I would never do three. Threes. Never do four, then five or six, just just, no. Nope, that's just silly, asinine. Nope. I think I would need all day, because you need uh, to like oh, think each one, and you're like, okay, I need to get be crazy. reclaim cards here, and then I get a power card. I and- feel as if you'd be like the only worker at a deli, yeah. who's like, I need to go take your order, then go and uh, start the Wait, oven and start no one's the- prepped the veggies. No one's <laughs> prepped the veggies. The veggies. <laughs> oh my word. But then, what about Mrs. Abernathy's return soup? It was too cold. <laughs> Who baked like, the bread? Right? No one? <laughs> And I think that's just what would happen for me. And yeah. I don't think anyone out there has ever done triple duty. Well, maybe not. Have one of you guys done yeah, triple duty, that, quadruple duty, pen, triple duty? And how or... long did it take? I want to know that. Wow. I, I never even thought about that. Double duty is as only far as I've ever considered. Mm-hmm. But dang. Yeah. Let us know. I'm really curious to hear about that's a good that. Question. Was it crazy? What were your thoughts? Was it too much? Did you have fun? I mean, it's Spirit Island, so I'm sure you had fun. But I just, how did that change the game for you? That would be crazy. That would be crazy. Right now, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that sounds like too much. That sounds like too much. It kind of intrigues you, it looks like. A little bit. You but, got that glint in your well, eye. Well, it's, you got to admit, it is curiosity peaking. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? I would try it on Steam online. Yeah. On a computer game. Yeah, because all the hands are right in front of you. Yep. And stuff. But... Anyway, going back to my point, that game, I didn't feel too bad. I didn't feel like I was super overwhelmed. I With feel Earth like, and Lightning? And that was my first game. Okay. Now, I was a complete noob to the game, and I was still able to do it. Now, I am a person who is used to board gaming, so naturally, if you took just Joe Schmo off the street who's never played a board game in his life, put a two-player board game of Spirit on in front of him, have a single YouTube video in front of him how to teach it, and all right, go. Might be tough. I'm probably going to be better than that guy, but... Yeah. It wasn't so bad. However, I still didn't know the game. I didn't know the strategies. I didn't know what was good, what was bad. What was the measure of a losing game versus the sign of a winnable game that you're just struggling with? Because I actually conceded that game. I never reached a lose condition. I was just overwhelmed, and I was like, like I have school in an hour. Oh, no. And I was like, look at this board. Oh, my word. I'm just overrun. I'm totally getting wrecked. I'm just going to call it. And yes, I know concession in any board game equates to defeat. But technically, I didn't trigger a lose condition. I just abdicated. But there have been many games that I had to learn with Spirit Island where I thought it was a losing game. 
I was like, there's no way we're going to win it. And then 10 minutes later, how the heck do we win it? Yeah. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> so at that time, I didn't really factor in what the difference was between a losing game, an actual true losing game versus a winnable game that just looks stressful right now. You might have been able to win it. Maybe. I don't know, because there have been times when I'm like, guys, you can't win. Go fear. All in fear. Everyone, fear except for you. You do a light removal because we need that. Everyone else, do fear. And we won. But I was able to do it. Now, granted, I was only thinking about things one turn at a time. Like I said before, I wasn't able to think ahead, like, super far ahead. And no one else was there. So, like, right. that co-op wasn't, right. you know, severed. And there's that moment when you have to rediscover, wait, what was this guy doing? Hold mm. on. All right, I'm going to set this here and set this here. Like, take 10 minutes to figure out what this guy's going to do. All right, go back to the other guy. I'm going to do this and this and this. Oh, wait, well, I could do this if I do this other guy's thing. Let me go back and change the first guy's plan that he had. Mm-hmm. And then, all right, come back. All right. But then I forgot that this one card that I changed means I can't do this anymore. Wait, what did I do with him again? And now you can see how you're second guessing yourself because I'm like, wait, what did I do with this guy again? I got to recheck. You got to constantly refresh your mind of who is doing what. And, and like this is with low complexity spirits. It was. That you were well, I, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to do. Right. But I'm Finder saying. And, no, 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 no. Or even some of the Jagged Earth people who are very. Oh, oh there you go. There's high. a topic. Which of the Jagged Earth spirits are the best for beginners? Hmm. I mean, I know that the complexity rating is in there for beginners to help yeah. grasp who is better. And Jagged Earth has come out three? three years after the game has come out. So by this time, people have played the game. There's but, only one moderate. But you know what? Spirit. And that's memory. Yeah, shifting memory. Well, isn't... What's stone? I think stone is high. Stone. Should we yes. look? Should we have interlude music? Okay, now I'm just curious because, all right, Stone. I think Stone is is high. Stone is listed. He's a moderate. No, he's listed as a moderate. What? How about about that? I thought only memory was. Anyway, I don't want to get too far off topic, but you were right. (laughs) That's what happens when you question me. (laughs) You get put in your place. Yes, master. (laughs) Crack the whip. But no, I think playing one spirit at a time and maybe two at best. Now, have you done... I think you have done two players each playing two. Yes. I've never done that. Talk to me about that. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you make me relive these tortures? Again. I'm not sure what's so funny. The answer itself or how fast it it came. (laughs) No, that's what I was talking about. Laura likes it. Oh, oh. Happy wife, happy life. Oh, jeez, John, we go back and forth about the quality of your mirror. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing fine. As I just cover the microphone. John, I need to protect you. <laughs> like, Laura, turn like, away. Turn away. <laughs> oh, how's, your, how's your garden See going, no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> it just, okay, for me to play a co-op game, I want it to be cooperative. Because mm-hmm. they're not my favorite style. I love Spirit Islands, but... And I've talked about right, this. PvP is your favorite. PvP is my favorite. I and like outthinking somebody. I like right. outwitting right. somebody. Right. So if I am playing a co-op game and spending most of it looking down at my two player boards and right. not conversing a lot and not even caring about the other half of the islands, mm-hmm. then I feel like that really takes away from what cooperative games are supposed to be. Yeah. Would you agree with the earlier statement, which was the more spirits you have, the more it locks you down? And as a result, the more that you are locked down, the less interaction you have. Yes, I agree with that. It is not a light game. And I love that about it. This is why we can have a podcast discussing it. There's so many different things to talk about. Yeah. 
but it is not for an easy experience, especially when you're playing double duty and if there are higher complexity yeah. type of spirits. Another angle I just thought of was there's kind of that satisfaction and that fun of thematic identity. I am this dude. Yes. I am this dude. Yes. So I did this cool defense thing because I'm the defense guy. Cool. And I you can slow moving earth. Right. And know? someone else can be like, that was awesome, man. You can take pride in your one thing because you accepted your role and you were able to do something that fit your role. And you are okay with not doing something that's different, that's also cool, that someone else can do. Because, hey, I'm the defense guy. Like, yes, I know doing damage can be fun and wiping out people can be a lot of fun. And as a human who's playing this board game, that experience, that feeling, that sensation is something that I would want every now and then. But this game, I'm the defense guy. So I don't really need to chase that feeling of wiping people out. I can let Mr. Wildfire do that. Mm -hmm. Then Wildfire goes, oh, man, I came in. I burned everyone. Oh, that was so cool. And you can't cling to that identity with your guy, I think, as much if you have multiple identities to represent. Yeah. So if you're playing Green and Nightmare, I'm like, I'm kind of defense and fear. It's almost like you're just like a parent managing the right. kids less than, yeah. you know. You're more of a manager, not a player. Yeah. I will say we've done a three-player game with just me and her. So Yeah? He, he oh, already... one of you was doing double duty and no. the other one... Time out. Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> we each... I think I was like lightning and then she was thunder speaker. And then we both played as River collectively oh. so we would do our own thing and talk and then we literally sat side by side with river in the middle of us oh. and, we'll, and we would pick up the cards and look at all four and be like which one would be best for river it's like your little baby it was actually so, i liked that so it that was, was kind of fun two... so i was playing lightning by myself she was playing thunderspeaker by herself That's river was joined together i never thought of that and it was actually really fun so you each had uh, your own and you each Helped with boy, this sounds like a parenting. <laughs> like, well, I guess now it's the time I've ever done. We're expanding. My my head just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> just my world just got rocked. Twins. <laughs> oh my word, <laughs> Laura, you cannot listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. My poor microphone, it just like. Spiked on the red. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my poor microphone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my baby. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so you shared a, you shared, shared a spirit. <laughs> Nurtured it, as you will. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm just, We're I'm, so proud when we went off to all, college. I have all of these, like, parenting jokes coming into my mind. Like, you guys did a lunchbox. I know. Did River have her, like... Her First day of school. Today. Oh, she did so well. Take a picture. She's, She's just a stream right now. She drowned a city. I know. So proud. So proud. Good girl. Just terrifies like 30 people and like just fear. And you're just like, oh, that's my girl. Just commits mass genocide. Oh, takes after her mother. Cleansing like, floods, you know. <laughs> no, but it, it, I liked that. Oh, jeez. Because we do work well together, Laura. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's build up that... Uh, let's build I'm sleeping that. on the couch tonight. <laughs> it's a good couch. <laughs> I like it. Stop. You're helping it, Ryan. You're like, Shut up. So, well, on that note, I think that... Yeah, I don't really know how to move forward from that. So That's it. <laughs> so, but we are running out of time. So 
I am super excited because every first Tuesday of the month, they release another update from the Kickstarter, and I am, like, super hyped. So, like, once a month, I'm always like, Dragon Earth! I'm, like, super excited. And Each tomorrow, day we get closer. I know, every day we get closer, <laughs> and fingers crossed, at the end of the month, we're going to have it actually come in and deliver. So, what we're going to do is, because we have this hype train that we are on as far as Jagged Earth, we are super excited. Next episode, we are going to put together a hype list. This is a list that contains the 12 spirits that are coming in with Jagged Earth. Yes, I know that it's actually 8 from Jagged Earth. Two additional ones were stretch goals, and two additional ones were... Was it promo pack or something? Promotional, yes. Yeah. So, but 8 plus 2 plus 2 is 12, mm-hmm. and because I must have everything Spirit Island, I have them all. So it's an additional 12. Whatever, you get the idea. We have 12 new people coming in, and... These guys are so cool. These spirits are so awesome. Who do we're going to play first? We're going to get into who we want to play with. Now, it's not going to be an analysis. We're going to have that hype list to talk about which ones we want to play first and second and third and fourth and fifth. And I can't wait to hear John's because I have no idea what it is. I don't know yours. And so it's going to be great. But until next time, we're going to go ahead and work on that. We're going to leave it off right here. And yeah, we'll catch you later, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at the Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at the KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.